Hello, my name is Farron Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. It's springtime and the daffodils are out in all their glory. The birds are singing, building their nests. The swallows are on their way from Africa. All signs of things coming to life. In Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we look all around, God has placed into the created order the principle of dying and rising. These daffodils will die back in May and June. They'll go back into their bulbs and then after the harsh winter when they're buried, they will rise again in the spring of 2022. And in Jesus Christ, God has taken this principle that he's written into creation and done an incredible thing. Jesus died to deal with our sin and he rose again so that we could live the life that God intends for us. So in these services which are coming to you over Easter and coming beyond Easter into spring and early summer, I do pray that you will be filled with the life of God as you recognize who Jesus is, the living one, our Savior and Lord. Do enjoy these services and God bless. Good morning and a very happy Easter morning to you all. Welcome to this combined service shared today between here, St John's Cathedral in Sligo and uh, Corrie Parish Church across the town. We hope as you join with us remotely on this very special day in the Christian year when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection that God will come and will bless you as you worship uh, with us this morning. We're going to begin with the traditional Easter greeting. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Our first hymn, 255, Christ is risen. Alleluia.
join together in the Collect for Purity. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to intercede for us in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us then confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned in thought and word and deed, and in what we have left undone. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may walk in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Wow. Now I've got a bowl of compost here, I'm going to put some moss in it. I think Myrtle is working on some sticks and crosses so this moss is reminding us that when Jesus was buried he was laid to rest in a garden and it was a new tomb that no one had ever been buried in before so that's the tomb belonging to someone called Joseph of Arimathea and there was there was a, a, a stone that was rolled over the entrance to the tomb that was um, supposed to be um, the way that it was sealed and uh, inside the tomb there was a folded cloth like that so we're going to put that in there like that now where are we going to put these crosses Mutt? Um, so the big one is Jesus and you put it in the middle okay so we put that there shall we? yeah that's, that's that one these two are small ones which okay. are two with the thieves that were on his right and on his left. So we'll put them one on one side and one on the other. Okay, that's great. So we've got the three crosses there. And then we can decorate it. And let's decorate it, yeah, absolutely. So we've got the... So you, you, can, you, you can scatter some of these and make it look pretty nice. Because it's a garden, that's great. And you're going to put some other... And, and what about these yeah. other flowers? Are you going to put... Should I, should I put that one in? That's great, thank you very much. That's lovely. So whatever flowers you've got at home, you can you can put those there. And this will be a, a really nice a really nice thing to have on display, reminding everyone what the Easter story is all about. And what we notice is that there's no 
Jesus there, and that's because the tomb was empty. And all that was left inside was this burial cloth, this white cloth, because Jesus had risen again, and uh, the angels uh, told the women who'd come to grieve at Jesus' tomb that, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's not here, he's risen. So maybe you'd like to make one of these at home and think about the Easter story and maybe you could explain it to your neighbours or friends that come round when uh, uh, permission allows and you can tell them all about the story, the real story of Easter. So thank you very, very much for watching. Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast not with the old leaven of corruption and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ, once raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. In dying, he died to sin once for all. In living, he lives to God. See yourselves therefore as dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who sleep. For as by man came death, by man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. This is the first reading found in Acts chapter 10, beginning to read at verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. We know now the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Saviour Christ according to Mark chapter 16 beginning at verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices 
so that they might go to anoint Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, on this resurrection day, fill us with your light and love and hope. We pray this in the name of your risen Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. On Easter Day, I'm normally in Sligo in the cathedral and also usually in Strand Hill. Um, today, I'm coming to you from the uh, chapel of the Sea House in Kilmore. I long for the day when I can roam freely and you too can come to church in person. We look forward to seeing one another and we live in that hope. During this Holy Week and now on Easter Day, we've been following Mark's account of the story of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. And we come to Mark chapter 16, which was read earlier for us. If we were thinking of Mark as a painter, he would be an impressionist. What do I mean by that? Well, he paints in very broad, deliberate strokes. He's not a man for detail. And yet, if you look at his portrait of Jesus, you'll find much that we miss, as it were, on a superficial reading or superficial viewing of his art. And so his account of Jesus' resurrection is brief, and it seems quite bare. But let's enter into that and get an impression of what Mark wants to share with us this morning. I want us to focus on three themes which are so important to Mark. And they are uh, from darkness to light, uh, from love to fear, and from despair to hope. Let's look at the journey that Mark records in chapter 16, that the woman, that is Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of the Lord, and Salome make from darkness to light. It's interesting that in chapters 15 and 16, Mark records the names of these three women. That's not to be missed. The significance is that these women are key. They had watched Jesus die on the cross. They had watched from afar where he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And on that first Easter day, the three of them were going to the tomb to do a loving action for Jesus. They were going to anoint his dead body 
with perfumes and spices. They set off in the gloom, in the darkness of dusk, as light was beginning to rise on that Easter day. A journey that they made as witnesses to the resurrection. It's intriguing that Mark has three women as the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. Like many women today who live as second-class citizens, these women were definitely second-class citizens. So much so that their word would not be admissible in court. They would be thought of in a man in a male-dominated world, uh, they would be thought that their witness would not be trustworthy or true. It's so typical of God, isn't it? The God whom we worship on this Easter day, that he chooses the least expected to do the greatest of things. In this case, these women, these three women, witnessing to the resurrection of his son. And you could go to Mary, the mother of Christ, and Mary Magdalene, and Salome, probably at the time when this gospel was written, and that you could ask them to tell you what happened on that Easter day. Their names were recorded because for Mark, they were valid witnesses to the reality of the resurrection, even though the world of their day dismissed them. These women travel from darkness to the light, not only of the dawn, but the rising of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Secondly, Mark wants us to notice in this resurrection narrative in chapter 16, he wants us to notice that these women went from love to fear. As they went to the cemetery, um, they had a problem. The tomb where Jesus was buried uh, was covered by a very large stone. And who was going to move the stone for them? In order for them to enter the tomb and to anoint Jesus' dead body. But they were shocked and surprised. The stone had already been rolled away. And as they entered into the cave-like tomb, their shock turned to horror. For there stood a young man dressed in white. And as they looked around the tomb, where was Jesus? He was not to be found. He was not in the tomb. And the young man spoke to these terrified women and he said, who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth is not here. He is risen. I wonder, did they actually hear and understand what this young man said? He is not here. He is risen. Go, tell his disciples that he will meet you in Galilee. And terrified, the woman turned and ran away from the scene. They went from love 
loving devotion to Jesus, wanting to anoint his body in the manner of Jewish custom. And they left the scene in terror and in fear. But lastly, we want to think this morning of the journey that they made from despair to hope. The body of their Lord was not there in that tomb. The angel, the young man, had said, he is risen. And that he would go ahead to Galilee. Why Galilee? Well, for these women and for Jesus' followers, that's where it all began. That's where he collected them into his band of followers, into his group of disciples, men and women. And they had followed him all across Galilee and on his final journey to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and to the events of Holy Week, to Good Friday and now Easter Day. He was alive. And he would meet them in Galilee. And we know from the other Gospels that that's what he did. But Mark just leaves it there, hanging in suspense. It's hopeful. And when they met the risen Lord in Galilee, their lives were filled with living hope. From despair to hope. On, these, on this Easter Sunday, in this year, above all years, I want us to think of those three themes, those three movements in our own lives. The first, of course, is from darkness to light. Easter Day speaks of the darkness of death ending and the life of Christ lighting the world. We live in his life. But the world is covered in darkness. From the streets of Yangon in Burma to the streets of our own land in Dublin and Belfast. Darkness descends. We see it all around. It's in our newspapers. It's on the radio, on the television. It's on the web pages. Terrible happenings, terrible things are done to and by people. And yet Easter Day speaks of light. Why live in the land of shadow? Why grope in the darkness when the light has come? Surely this day, Easter day, asks of us, embrace the light. Walk in the light of the risen Christ. This day also speaks to us, and if I can reverse what happened to these women, love to fear, from fear to love. These are fearful days. Many of us, because of the pandemic, are fearful for our own health, for our loved ones, for our livelihoods. What is going to happen? We can even detect that sense of fear in the mouth of the health officials, and the scientists and government ministers. Oh yes, they've put a roadmap out for us to journey into normality. But we know, we know what has happened before. We know that like the tide of the sea, another wave as COVID has come in and torn up all of these plans. 
And so we live in fear. How are we going to exist? Surely Easter Day speaks to us of moving from fear to love. And the love of God demonstrated in Christ who reached into the darkness and despair of Good Friday. The death was not the end, but the beginning of a new way of life. That God's love reached into the depths of hell in order to reach us. And that love will never let us go. And although we are fearful, and may be fearful this Easter morn, I ask you to be embraced and enfolded in the love of God. A love where God shows us kindness and gentleness. A God who allows us to enjoy his presence and to enjoy his world and enjoy the people he has made in this world. His love, which is wide as wide as the ocean, high as the heavens above, deep as the deepest sea, is our Savior's love. Embrace his love. And finally, the last thing that I want to share on this Easter morning is that movement from despair to hope. Hopes have been dashed in these recent years and we long for, there is a sense of hope, of expectancy, but again, there is a feeling that that might be dashed and we despair. It affects all kinds of people particularly the young and the old, many of our young people are so despairing of life in the vigour of their youth. There has been a pause button placed on them and they feel it. They don't understand it, but they feel the confines of that. There has been an epidemic of self-harm amongst young people. Some of them are so despairing they have taken their lives. And others are dealing with serious, health, mental health issues, which will last beyond this pandemic and dog their lives. And older people too are fearful. They are alone. They are lonely. They haven't been given the care and the need that they so deserve in their old age. And their days are slipping by. And where is hope? Easter Day speaks of hope. Consider these women who looked as Jesus died and as he was buried. And now the news that they received on Easter Day, he is alive. And as they met him, their lives were hopeless filled, brimming with hope, so that it spilled over into their families and their community and spilled right all over the world. Jesus is alive, and that makes all the difference. One commentator has said that our culture in Ireland and the Western world has closed down, sabotaged the only true hope that there is 
in Jesus Christ, in his death and resurrection. Instead, our cultures offer people baubles and trinkets to distract them from the despair and meaningless of life. Embrace Christ. Live in hope that your life might be brimming with hope and touch this world of despair. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. We join in our affirmation of faith. Do you believe and trust in God the Father, source of all being and life, the one from whom we exist? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Son, who took our human nature, died for us, and rose again? We believe and trust in him. Do you believe and trust in God the Holy Spirit, who gives life to the people of God and makes Christ known in the world? We believe and trust in him. This is the faith of the church. This is our faith. We believe and trust in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit.
Let us pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you in the greatness of your love and lift up our hearts in prayer and praise as we celebrate today that Jesus lives. Help us, Lord, to pray simply and sincerely, unselfishly and gratefully, remembering the needs of others as well as our own, and giving thanks always for everything in your name. We pray a prayer for God's creation. O God, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen, you place us in your creation and you command us to care for it. Your works declare glory and splendour and you call us to praise and reverence. Where we have degraded or destroyed earth's bounty, forgive us. Where we have taken beauty and majesty for granted, have mercy upon us. Where we have become estranged from the creatures with whom we share this planet, grant us your peace. Renew us in the waters of baptism. Refresh us with the winds of your spirit. And sustain us with the bread of life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the people of the world. We pray that all men and women may learn to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, caring for justice more than for gain, and for fellowship more than for domination. Give them strength, Lord. We pray for those facing persecution from authorities within their own countries. We hold before you especially the Uyghur communities in China, the people of Myanmar, and for the people living in Tigray in Ethiopia, all of them facing brutal persecution. Give them courage, Lord. We pray for the, for the citizens of those countries facing yet another surge in COVID cases, despite the rollout of the vaccine. We hold before you especially the people of Brazil, where the already high number of cases continue to rise rapidly. Give them wisdom, Lord. And we pray for those who mourn. Worldwide there have been two and three quarters of a million deaths from COVID. Each one a grandparent, a parent, a child, a grandchild. And there are those many others who have lost loved ones from other causes, from other diseases, from gun violence, from civil unrest, from accidents, and from natural disaster. Give them comfort, Lord. And we pray for peace in our world. Even as this pandemic rages, there is still war, or the threat of war. Give us abundantly, Lord, 
those gifts of your Holy Spirit, whose fruits are love and joy and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the Church. Lord, we pray for your Church all over the world. In other lands where they are a minority, let them find strength in knowing you are with them. Where they are persecuted, let them find courage to continue in faithful service, knowing that you will never leave them. Where they are young in the faith, let your Holy Spirit build them up in the knowledge of your love. Where they are affluent and accepted, keep them constant in service to you. We pray for all the congregations in this combined diocese of ours, for whom this lockdown has been so difficult. Lord, we are grateful for the technology that has enabled remote worship. And we give you thanks, Lord, for those who have continued to prepare and put services online. We pray, Lord, for those congregations who are suffering financially because the churches have been closed. Guide us, Lord, in steps we can take to alleviate these difficulties and help us not to lose sight of the many and varied needs of our communities, despite not being able to meet for worship. And we pray, Lord, that a way is found soon to enable us to meet for worship in your churches. And pray, and we pray for those who may have allowed their relationships they have with you to falter because they have not been able to come to worship. Lord God, move in their hearts to rekindle the love they had for you, that they would know once again your love for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And finally, we pray for those who are ill or in need of God's help. We pray for those we know who are sick, for those we know who are lonely. We pray for the elderly and for the housebound. And we take a few moments of silent prayer to bring before you, God, our own personal petitions for ourselves and for those whom we love. Lord God, we ask that you would accept all these our prayers in the name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We do not presume to come to this, your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, 
that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. The risen Christ came and stood among his disciples and said, Peace be with you. Then they were glad when they saw the Lord. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you.
but we all share in the one grace. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ which he gave for you and his blood which he shed for you. Remember that he died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We say together, Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. To him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Well, on this Easter day, can I wish you a very happy Easter. Uh, and as the days lengthen, hopefully, we will be able to meet one another again. I so look forward to, to that. And so we pray. God the Father, by whose glory Christ was raised from the dead, raise you up to walk with him in the newness of his risen life. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us all this Easter day and forevermore. Amen. Our closing hymn, 288, Thine be the glory.
go in the peace of the risen Christ. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia.